0: Now, last week, we talked about the uh, celebration of Passover. We talked about uh, preparing our hearts. Uh, We shared a little bit about looking introspectively and being thankful. Uh, We talked about uh, being a repentant, uh, and we talked about having hope. And so moving forward from that, we want to talk uh, a little bit today about some of the values, uh, or I should say some of the additional values, Uh, of Passover that we really want to accentuate. And one of them is remembering, remembering. The value of remembering, not only individually, but as a a community, remembering what God did for us. Certainly that is uh, the theme of Passover, but remembering does something for us. It's not just walking down memory lane, uh, remembering something that took place a, a long time ago, it is actually, it brings the past into the present. Uh, by remembering the past, in a sense, we're reliving it uh, as we celebrate Passover with the foods of Passover, the smells of Passover, uh, the words, what we hear and what we see using our senses. Uh, we remember the past and it brings it into the present. It helps us to remember that the God who is our redeemer was our Redeemer in the past is still our Redeemer today. And isn't that a very important uh, truth for us to hang on to today, that God certainly is with us, just as he has been uh, throughout uh, history. Remembering identifies us uh, with our people and with our history. Uh, And it brings us together as a people, as we remember Passover uh, together. In the Haggadah, there are some very interesting statements that remind us about the value of remembering. We read in in the Haggadah, for example, This is what has stood by our fathers and us. For not just one alone has risen against us to destroy us, but in every generation they rise against us to destroy us. And the Holy One, blessed be He, saves us from their hand. In another place in the Haggadah, we read, In every generation a person is obligated to regard himself as if he had come out of Egypt. As it is said, You shall tell your children on that day, It is because of this that the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. And then finally, The Holy One, blessed be He, redeemed not only our fathers from Egypt, but He redeemed also us along with them. As it is said, It was us that He brought out from there, so that He might bring us to give us the land that He swore to our fathers. So we see by these statements, that the Passover becomes a transgenerational remembrance. Throughout every generation we are re-experiencing it again. Uh, not just living off of the past, but remembering the redemption that God wrought for us. And as Messiah followers, we do the same thing uh, that the redemption we have in Yeshua moves Passover forward. And so we are remembering, Uh, our own personal redemption. We're remembering, uh, for example, uh, when we became Messiah followers, when we entered into uh, uh, Yeshua as Messiah. But not only that, but historically, just like we remember what happened 5,000 years ago, we're remembering what happened 2,000 years ago as if we were there. Just, Just as at the Seder, we remember as if we were there back in Egypt, We remember as if we were there back 2,000 years ago when Yeshua lived, as if we were one of the disciples of Yeshua. Uh, And so it becomes real all over again uh, for us. And that is really the the value of remembering and of communal uh, remembering and how important uh, it is uh, indeed for us uh, to do that. Then, as I said last week, there's also the value of Thanksgiving, the value of Thanksgiving. Passover is kind of like a Thanksgiving uh, celebration. In fact, uh, when we read in Vayikra about the Thanksgiving offering, it seems as if the Passover lamb, the Pesach, was a Thanksgiving offering. We see there's some similarities uh, between the Thanksgiving offering. For example, uh, regarding the thanks offering, it says that uh, uh, you must eat it uh, that night. You can't uh, uh, let it uh, leave it for tomorrow. Uh, you have to uh, eat it that night right away, just like the Passover lamb. We read the same thing. There's also an emphasis on eating the uh, Thanksgiving offering. And of course, we eat the Passover offering. So it reminds us of an offering of Thanksgiving in, in, in and of itself. Uh, And, uh, you know, in the Psalms, clearly we see in a number of different places that uh, there is emphasis on singing songs and being thankful for the events of Passover. What comes to my mind is uh, Psalm 136. Psalm 136 is a uh, favorite uh, psalm and a famous psalm. We like to uh, sing it. We read in verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Uh, His loving kindness, or his mercy, or his chesed, uh, is everlasting, or endures forever. Uh, And then if you go down to verse 10, we read uh, there, To him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and brought Israel out of their midst for his loving kindness is everlasting. All this is give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his chesed is enduring. And what how is his chesed described? Uh, Redeeming us out of Egypt here in Psalm 136. So clearly, uh, it is a story of thanksgiving. And we retell the story. Now in the Haggadah, the actual retelling of the story comes from several different places. Uh, and one of them is actually from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 26. You may be familiar with it. When our ancestors would to enter the land, they were to say the following words upon bringing an offering. And we read it in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 5 to 9. You shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramaean, and he went down to Egypt and sojourned there few in number, but there he became a great, mighty, and populous nation, and the Egyptians treated us harshly, and afflicted us, and imposed hard labor on us. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice, and saw our affliction, and our toil, and our oppression, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and an outstretched arm, and with great terror, and with signs and wonders. And he has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So we see here where, where we were, uh, how we became slaves, uh, and how God redeemed us. It's sort of like Israel's personal testimony. Uh, and as you'll see in the, Haggadah, in the Haggadah, this passage is elaborated on, and that is the long part of the Haggadah of retelling the story in a traditional Uh, uh, Haggadah, we like to read this and also Exodus chapter 12, which tells the story of Moses telling the Jewish people to take the lamb, to keep it for four days, to slay the lamb, put the blood on the door uh, and on the side post of the door, uh, and then to eat it with their loins girded, their staff in their hand, their sandals on their feet so that they'd be ready to go, uh, because they had to eat it in haste because it's the Lord's Passover. And and so we like to read that as well as we remember as we remember the story. Now we could also say, you know, there's a messianic story. Uh, We we can read it in the uh, the wrote the Gospels, but also in the uh, Book of Romans. There's a very succinct uh, couple of verses that kind of tell the story uh, in Romans chapter six and verses 17 and 18. We read there, but thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. That's a very succinct way of telling the same story. But you know what else is really uh, fascinating? We all have a story. This is the corporate story. This is the story of of all of us, the story of Yeshua coming and dying for our sins, being raised from the dead, and redeeming us from the bondage of slavery to be able to serve God in the way we were called. But you know, we all have a story, and I hope it, perhaps at your Passover Seder, you'll tell your story, your personal story of redemption that's part of the great larger story of the redemption uh, of all who come to embrace uh, the uh, the Messiah, and you know it is kind of interesting that in Exodus chapter six, God explains four or five different parts of the uh, of the good news according to Moses, the redemption out of Egypt. If you go there to Exodus uh, chapter six, beginning in verse six, we read there. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage, and I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be a god to you, and you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Notice you have in this passage a couple of interesting things to look at. First, you have all these phrases that begin with, I will. I will. God is the subject. God is doing the action. We're not doing the action. God is doing the action. God says, I will uh, take you away. I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. God will do. I will deliver you from bondage. I will redeem you. So God is the one doing the work, and we're called to be the responders. I think that's really important. We spend a lot of time oftentimes in our Bible preaching, teaching about things that we need to do. Well, in this case, we need to recognize and appreciate what God does and continues to do in our lives. How important it is for us to remember that God is alive and God is active in our lives, even uh, right now uh, in the situation that we all find ourselves. I will, I will, I will. Then notice it begins with, I will bring you out from under their burdens. Uh, And then it ends with, I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham. So you have, I will bring you out and I will bring you to. It makes for a very nice, beautiful passage uh, right there. Uh, And each one of these sayings builds on the previous one and is very similar, but yet there is a a little bit of a difference. Uh, for example, uh, we read here, uh, God removes us from the place of slavery. I will bring you out. He removes us from the place of slavery. He took us out of Egypt. We could say, you know, one of our favorite passages is uh, that he has transferred us from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. He has done this. He's removed us from uh, a location where we have been enslaved to sinful passions, where we have been enslaved uh, to a sinful nature, to our sinful self. So he has removed us. But then he uses another word to describe it. He says he rescues us, where where he says, I will deliver you. He rescues us from the control, in, in Egypt, from the control of Pharaoh from the control of the taskmasters and what would we say he has delivered us from the control of bondage to a way of life uh, that uh, is negative and sinful and uh, and le- does not lead to life and uh, and is alienating and and all of that he has he has redeemed us from that we don't have to live that way anymore so he's removed us from the, from the place of darkness, and he has removed us from the power. He's rescued us from the power, the control of sin, or of those kinds of activities in our lives that we know are wrong. Uh, he has removed that control. Uh, but then it says he makes something positive happen. Not only does you know, he take us out, not only does he remove that, but he redeems us. To redeem is to make something good happen out of a bad situation, right? Wouldn't we say that, well, you know, the situation was redeemed, uh, was fixed, you know? And that's, in a way, that's what God does to us. He redeems us. Uh, uh, The meaning of the word is, of course, to buy us back from bondage. And he has done that through the price of Yeshua's death. Uh, uh, Certainly, he has done that. But I think redeeming something even more than that, that he has he has taken us to a place where we can live well, we can live well, he has redeemed us with his power to a place where we can live well. And then we read uh, that he he takes us to be his his people. So that now not only does he redeem us, but now we could say he enters into covenant relationship with us. In other words, it keeps building. Uh, it, it keeps building. He brings us out. He delivers us. He redeems us. Uh, and he enters into covenant relationship with us. And then it says, finally, that he brings us to a new place. And that's the hope. Our ancestors, you know, were in the wilderness they did not see the Promised Land, but that was their hope, and certainly uh, God does that in our lives as well. So we see here in the sixth chapter uh, of uh, Exodus uh, that it's like a crescendo builds to a crescendo of what God does for us, and I hope that we'll meditate on that and that it actually does make a difference, you know, in our lives. So there is this legacy or I, I should say, there is this uh, uh, value of remembering and a value of thanksgiving for what God has done. And then there is the value of passing on the torch to another to another generation. We like to call that door lador, door, generation to generation. It says in Exodus chapter 12 in verses 26 and 27, and when your children say to you, What does this rite mean to you? You shall say, it is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the sons of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians, but spared our homes, and the people bowed low and worshiped." And so there is this value of leaving a legacy to another generation. In fact, when you read the Passover Haggadah and when you celebrate Passover, It is about inculcating these truths to another generation. And we are called to do that as people who have lived and have uh, celebrated Passover and understand the story uh, and have had a lot of life experiences. We have a responsibility to younger generations to make sure that the torch is passed, that we are remembering the Passover. How do we do that? Well, one is by having a Passover Seder. Uh, and I hope that your family, if you have children, that your children will be there and that you'll make it kind of fun for them so that it is building memories. And to others, if you, if you don't have children or, you know, you're by yourself, the fact of the matter is you can uh, connect with younger people, maybe not at the Seder, but you can connect with younger people and you can pour yourself into younger people. You become sagacious after a while by having life experiences that uh, partnered with the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of God dwelling in us. Our life experiences plus the presence of God dwelling in us gives us wisdom, wisdom to share with younger generations. And it certainly is wise to remember what God has done for us in the past because in times like this, Where we're not quite sure about what tomorrow holds, and we might feel a little anxious, or we're having some difficulty. We need to remember the faithfulness of God in the past, and that God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, And uh, we take this opportunity at Passover to remember that. So I would encourage you to remember not only the Passover But other great moments in life where God has made a difference uh, in your life uh, in coming to faith in Yeshua and maybe in subsequent events, uh, you know, after that and share them with a younger uh, generation of people. And so there is the value of passing the torch. And I hope that we take that seriously. So we've talked about remembering, thanking and passing the torch uh, yet to uh, another generation, uh, you know, Yeshua himself, in regard to children, said, "Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For the one who sent me is least of all; of, is the is one who is least among all of you. And this is the one who is great." And so there's emphasis on children. Yeshua emphasized children. Uh, We have uh, a very important legacy uh, to share. It is our obligation to share with our children. Then finally, there is another great value of the Seder, and that is uh, renewing our sensitivity to oppressed peoples, uh, being concerned about uh, people uh, who uh, are vulnerable and, and who have needs. There's a very famous part of the Seder where we're holding up a piece of matzah and we say, this is the bread of affliction that our fathers ate in the land of Egypt. Whoever is hungry, let him come and eat. Whoever is in need, let him come and celebrate the Passover with us. So there at the Seder, we are to remember how we were needy and God took care of us. And so now therefore, we need to pass that forward and take care of others. We read in Exodus chapter 22, "You shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of uh, in the land of Egypt." You know, Yeshua uh, talks a lot about this. He tells a story, for example. It's about forgiveness, but it's along the same lines, where a man was in debt. Uh, and uh, the person to whom he owed the debt forgave the debt. So the man feels really relieved, and he's on his goes on his way, and then he meets up with somebody that owes him something. But rather than forgiving the debt, uh, he demands the debt from him, and treats the man very harshly. And so then the, the first person uh, who forgave the debt hears about it, and he gets very angry and says, well. If you're going to treat others that way, then that's how I'll treat you. And so even though that was about forgiveness, it does bring out the value of of passing it forward, whether it be forgiveness uh, or whether it be just showing kindness to strangers. And this is really a great time to show kindness to people. Here in our own congregation, uh, give, give an older person a call who might be in a very um, vulnerable situation. And uh, if you're young and healthy, perhaps you might offer to go and do some food shopping for someone, uh, you know, in a safe way. Uh, And uh, maybe just give someone a call or send them a text. That is really a great work to do at Passover. You know, as we remember the bread of affliction, we remember uh, our own affliction, and we remember what Yeshua did for us, Perhaps we can be that selfless uh, toward others, you know? Uh, Yeshua says uh, this, "'Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see uh, you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison? And come to you, the king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these Brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. And I hope that we will, uh, you know, indeed think that way. And remember that we're actually worshiping God when we reach out to other people and maybe leave our comfort zone. There's another great passage here, and many of you are familiar with it. It's in Philippians in the second chapter. Uh, We read there, uh, If there is any encouragement in Messiah, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Let us regard one another as more important than ourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And then he goes on to say, this is the attitude of Yeshua who came, the very incarnation of God, who came into this world. And although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on that tree, even death on the cross as the Passover lamb. And then, of course, the passage goes on to say, uh, Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua every knee should bow, of those who are in heaven and those who are upon the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Yeshua the Messiah is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. A portion which comes right out of Isaiah, by the way. Uh, and, uh, and and so Yeshua it was glorified. And you know, The fact of the matter is, is that when we uh, are selfless, uh, that is how we glorify God. We glorify his name uh, by being selfless. Uh, And so that may may that be true to us. May we celebrate Passover in a sense by being a Passover for others, if you know what I'm trying to say. And I hope uh, certainly that that is what uh, God will do for us. You know, he has brought us out of a bad place, he has saved our lives in it, he he brings us to a better place, and we belong indeed to him. I hope that we can dwell on these great truths and recognize the practical aspects of them. When we belong to him, by being redeemed from darkness, by belonging to God, uh, by being saved, by being rescued, that means that God is our refuge. That means that he'll never leave us or forsake us. Uh, it means that no matter what's going on uh, in, in our lives, that temporal things may pass away, but the important things last forever. And that is knowing God uh, and and living in him. Uh, the Bible says, you know, our identity is in Messiah and we're seated in heavenly places. I hope that we can really practice what we preach in that. And at the Passover Seder, that we really will find comfort and we, re- we re- really will rejoice uh, and that we really will be able to stay above the fray uh, and be able to find uh, uh, a wonderful celebration in the midst of all that's happening uh, that that we can uh, celebrate Passover. And, of course, we our, our prayer uh, is that uh we're able to get back to our normal selves. We can come back to meeting together for our regular services and Chavu wrote and, and everything else um, uh, that we do. And that is what we certainly pray that uh, at Passover. But despite that, uh, we have new life uh, in Messiah. And remember what we said last time that when God brought our people out, when he redeemed us, we were in the wilderness. We were not yet in the promised land. And so we find ourselves today in the wilderness. While it may be challenging, may we realize that God is faithful and that just as he redeemed us then, yes, he continues this process of redemption. Uh, And we do look forward to the day of the consummation, to the day when uh, our journey, this part of of life's journey will indeed uh, end. But isn't it a wonderful thing that we're not left uh, to ourselves, and that we have Messiah, our Passover, sacrificed for us, who gives us new life in Messiah Yeshua. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the great values that we have. May this uh, indeed be a season of remembering. May we not only remember the Passover, but may we remember Messiah Yeshua. For it was at the Passover Seder when he said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. May we remember also the great value of thanksgiving. May we remember the wonderful value of passing the legacy on to another generation. And may, finally, we remember the wonderful value of showing kindness to others, to people who are in need and vulnerable. And certainly this is a great season in which to take the focus off of ourselves uh, and onto others. Lord, thank you for this great festival of Passover, this great season of our redemption, this great season of remembering, uh, and what a perfect time for us to be able to uh, celebrate this uh, holiday. Lord, I do pray for all of us. Uh God may we be safe may we be well may we be well we pray in Messiah's name amen